1: Good afternoon, everybody. I am Pastor Scott Furrow. I'm your guest host for Southern California Live today. It is so good to be back with you after uh, a few weeks uh, where I was away doing other things as I am the pastor of the First Baptist Church of San Diego. And I'm just a guest host here, but enjoying being with you again today. So I've got a story for you. Uh, I was driving out in the uh, suburbs, you know, and there's some farms and other things out there. And I'm driving along about 65 miles an hour in this chicken runs right next to my car. And this chicken is running right with me, right along the road. It's kind of incredible. And then all of a sudden he picks up some speed and he moves out in front. And all of a sudden I look down and he's just speeding away from me. And it looks like he's got three legs, it's like a three-legged chicken. That's crazy. So I speed up and I decide to follow him. He turns right real quickly. And I turn right, do kind of a dukes of hazard move and get into somebody's driveway. And I start driving on this farm and I get up there and I see a farmer. So I stop and I get out and I said, Hey, did you see that chicken? He goes, yep, saw it. And I said, did that chicken have three legs? And he said, sure did. I breed them that way. You breed them that way? You breed three-legged chickens? And uh, I said, why do you do that? He said, well, you know, I like the chicken leg, and mom likes the chicken leg, and now Junior's come along, and he likes the drumstick, too, and so I just thought, tired of fighting about it, we'll just breed three-legged chickens. I said, that's amazing. How do they taste? He said, don't know. I've never caught one of them. Ha ha, see, I'm telling you that joke. I'm here all week, and I'm telling you that joke just because I want to tell you that I'm here all week. I get to be with you Monday through Friday right here on the Southern California Live program, and I'm excited about that, and I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to your calls and hearing from you. 888-52-TALKS is the phone number here if you want to be a part of the program, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. 528 2557 If you've got a minute, you should put that in your phone just so that you can be ready on auto-dial and be a part of our show, 888-52-TALKS, Eight 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 five two eight. 2557. Do you know any phone numbers by heart anymore? Uh, they're all on your phone, but 888 888 52 Talks, T A L K S. That's a pretty good way to remember it. And uh, so grab your coffee, refuel for the rest of the drive or the afternoon, or uh, maybe you're out working out in the gym today, being that yesterday was Halloween. And uh, I don't know about you, but I am still recovering a bit today from candy coma. And. Uh, in our neighborhood, we, uh, me and my my boys, we discovered the house that was handing out full-size candy bars, right? So we uh, we made a couple of trips there. Hey, uh, today on the program, uh, in the next hour, we have our special guest, Herbie Newell. He's the president of Lifeline Children's Services, which is the largest evangelical Christian adoption agency in the United States. And uh, he's going to talk to us about some of the legal challenges going on with Roe versus Wade and how Uh, adoption is being affected by uh, those things, and also um, uh, the world of COVID and everything else that is going on, the state of adoption in the U.S. and the world. That's an important conversation always, but uh, today we thought it'd be a good idea because it's the beginning of National Adoption Month. So I'm looking forward to that next hour, so make sure that you stick with us for that. Let me ask you this question. How was Halloween for you yesterday? Did you celebrate Halloween? Did your church do something for Halloween uh, did you call it something else? Did you call it a harvest Sunday, but really it's just Halloween, you're just calling it harvest because you don't want to say Halloween. How does it go? You know, Did your pastor come dressed as an Avenger? Because that would be interesting. I thought about, for real, I thought about coming dressed as Martin Luther uh, and doing a talk about the Reformation and hand out 95 Reese's candy bars or something like that uh, because it was also Reformation Day question. Here's the question that I want to get to for this hour, and I'd love to have your participation. Okay, many people believe, many scholars believe, many people, I think you have a sense of it, that we're living through or we have a desperate need for a new Reformation today, that the church is in need of a Reformation, of addressing certain topics that the church needs to correct its course on. If you were to put together your own 95 theses, your own objections to things that the church is doing or things that you think the church needs to change, according to the scripture, what would they be? What would the Reformation be if you are today's modern Martin Luther and you are going to uh, put on a blog or on your Facebook or or what are we supposed to call it now? Meta. That's really weird. I don't even know how to talk about that. You're going to put it somewhere. And uh, what would it be? What is the new Reformation? What needs to happen? Call me right now with your thoughts, 888 52 Talks, 888 528 2557. I want to hear what you think the new Reformation ought to be. If we need one, maybe you think it's all great. We don't need one at all. So uh, go ahead, give me a call, 888 52 Talks. All right. In all of the uh, hubbub this weekend, I did discover something yesterday, though, for the first time ever. We didn't buy candy to hand out uh, to kids coming by. We always do that. And we always do it because my, we always do it early because my wife, she still is, but she used to be one of those insane coupon people. Okay. Like for real clipping coupons. And she was the lady you do not want to stand behind at the supermarket. And I would tell people that, in fact, the supermarkets, this is absolutely for real. Christy would go to the supermarket and they would see her walk in and they would open up a checkout line just for her. That's how great it was. And she would send me to the store with a list and I have a list of all the things I'm supposed to buy, but I have to do it according to the list. I have to buy them in this order, use these coupons, this and that. And one time I was in the store and I bought $40 worth of stuff and I left not paying a dime. In fact, they paid me about two bucks and all these people are gathering around me going, how did you do that? And I said, I don't know. It's my wife's deal. I'm just doing what I'm told. Uh, It's incredible. Well, normally we're ahead of the game on that kind of stuff to get the discounts and stuff, but we weren't. And I thought, well, I better get something. I mean, I could send the kids out early and then give out their Halloween candy, but they don't like that too much when I do that. So I went to the store and uh, I went to, I shouldn't mention the name of the store I went to, I guess, but I think a guy named Ralph owns it. And I've always asked if I could speak to Ralph, but he's never there. Anyway, I go to the, the store, and none of the mixed bags of candy were there, right? None of the cheap stuff, the, uh, you know, the Dum Dum Pops and the Smarties and all of those are gone, completely gone. So I had to go with the premium stuff, okay? Not not the, uh, you know, the the cheap stuff, but the premium candy bars. Only fine Nestle, Hershey, and m M&M and Mars top brand stuff. And I thought it was going to cost me a million dollars. But no, it turns out they were discounting it. I spent 20 bucks, and I bought so much candy, I can't even believe it. And uh, my kids, of course, went out, and uh, they, my kids like to give out the candy more than more than they do to actually go and get the candy, which is kind of fun. So we didn't stay out that long, actually, uh, and we were ready to go. I thought we were going to have tons of kids this year because there was really no Halloween or trick-or-treating last year because of COVID, and I thought, you know, our neighborhood's usually pretty busy, lots of kids, and uh, I think we had 12 kids, uh, 12 kids come by, and now I have a lifetime supply of Nestle Crunch in my house. What in the world am I going to do with that? You got any ideas? I got, a, and it's not just the Nestle Crunch, you know. And here's a thought: Thanksgiving's coming up. Can you stuff a turkey with Reese's peanut butter cups? Is that possible? Does that just sound gross, or is this like a brilliant idea? I don't know if you tried it. Can you return the candy? I don't even know how to return it at a grocery store. How do you do that? There's no desk, you know, like target, or is there? I don't know. I don't pay that much attention. Can you re- return a pizza that uh, you didn't like, frozen pizza? And like, I ate two pieces, but uh, it's not satisfactory. And I kept the box, though. Uh, don't think you can do that. Anyway, that was it. That's what our, our day was, and I've still got some, some sugar going, I think, for that, and probably you do, too. Um, today, by the way, yesterday being Halloween, Reformation Day, which we'll talk about in a minute. Today, by the way, is All Saints Day. Did you know that? In uh, I would say most churches don't really celebrate that anymore. A couple of denominations do. Uh, the Catholic Church will, if you're Catholic, you probably have it on your calendar, but apparently it's considered not a day of obligation. So I'm betting you have no plans for All Saints Day today, if you even knew that's what today was. Uh, and uh, there's a reason for that. There's a reason you don't have plans for it, but you do have plans. You do have plans for Christmas and Easter, other Christian holidays. And here's the reason for those plans. Even if uh, Dr. Fauci or somebody tells you not to make plans, I promise you, you've already made those plans, right? Here's the thing. The interesting thing about those holidays is, yes, it's true, as some people like to point out, if they they think they're doing something to, I don't know, corrupt our faith or something, that these holidays were – pagan holidays originally, and uh, in some cases there were. Christmas in ancient Babylon, the Feast of the Son of Isis, the goddess of nature, was celebrated on December 25th. Did you know that? That's how we got December 25th. And there was, because we don't really know the day that Jesus was born. Some scholars think it was sometime in the spring because you would more likely be out watching your sheep graze and not hiding out in a barn somewhere uh, because it won't be so cold. But who knows? We don't really know. In this ancient, I uh, ancient, feast. There was partying and gift giving and those kinds of things. And people would celebrate and have for a long time the winter solstice, a pagan celebration where more light enters the world. Imagine if you are a first century Christian missionary, and you're going into the culture and they're celebrating this on the 25th, and you say to yourself, you know what, I don't know if we want to get rid of, you know, all of the fun and revelry. We want to get rid of anything that's not of the Lord. Maybe we can Christianize it. That was kind of some of the idea. So, what would happen is they went in and they would say, hey, you know what? This is a celebration of light coming into the world, but it's the real light. So instead of the pagan celebrations of nature and light, they were replaced by the celebration of the birth of Christ, the true light entering the world, the creator of all nature. And of course, the gift-giving still works and the wise men came uh, and they would give gifts. Did you know, if you read the Bible, and hopefully you do, the wise men, they weren't there in the nativity scene. Before you set up your nativity scene, I wanna give you an idea. Before you set up a nativity scene, don't put the wise men in it if they came with it. And they usually do, right? Put them somewhere else in the house because they don't show up for two years. That's what we do in our church. We have a nativity scene and the wise men aren't there. They're on the other side of the church. And people eventually notice this. They're like, What's this? Well, the wise men show up a couple of years later, so they're they have a long road to go. A little Bible study lesson there. Easter. Uh, numerous pagan rituals used to happen uh, during this time, the spring equinox. And what people did was they celebrated and worshiped the fertility gods. And uh, do you know how you celebrate fertility gods in those pagan religions? Or you do what rabbits are known for, if you know what I mean. And that's where we get Easter bunny and eggs and that kind of thing. But in time, the season was also taken over by the church, replaced by the new birth that you have in Christ with resurrection and new life and these great themes. And see, today, 2,000 years later, you can't escape these being Christian holidays. You can try. You can try to make them secular, but you really can't. If you're going to do something secular, you have to just separate it now. The reason is, you know, when I was a kid, and I think many of you, when uh, you were a kid, you had Easter vacation and Christmas vacation in school, right? But you don't want to call it that. So we changed it. Now it's spring break and it's winter break. But you really can't take Christmas and Easter away from Christ. You can try but you can't. That's Christmas and Easter. All right. Well, the church also had something they wanted to do with what is now Halloween. The church wanted to say, well, let's Christianize some pagan things that were going on with uh, ideas about the dead. And there was some notion that uh, one group had that the end of the fall or the beginning of fall, the end of the harvest season was there was a thin line between life and death. And that's where you get some of the traditions of of Day of the Dead and some other things like that, well, the church said, "Well, we don't need to fear death anymore because we have resurrection, and uh, we should celebrate those who have gone before and so they decided let's celebrate the saints all right, and so they turned it into All Saints Day in eighth century. on November first, Pope Gregory the Third dedicated a chapel to all the saints in St. Saint Peter's Basilica in Rome, and uh, it became All Saints Day. But let me ask you once again, what are you doing for All Saints Day? Nothing you're probably not doing anything. You know why? Here's why. The culture doesn't really think about it or celebrate it. And Halloween, even though it means the Holy Eve or All Hallows' Eve, the day before the Holy Day of All Saints' Day, we don't celebrate that as a Christian holiday, right? It's just Halloween is a very secular holiday. It is not even a legal holiday, but you're probably not thinking much about Jesus on Halloween. Here's the reason the reason that Christmas and Easter worked, that we were able to Christianize those days, but we couldn't Christianize the activities around Halloween, is because the saints are not alive. They're as dead as Julius Caesar. Great guys, you know, we celebrate them and what they did and how God used them. But you know what? The thing is, is the saints don't forgive your sins. Jesus does. And they're as dead as Julius Caesar, but Jesus rose from the grave. It's Jesus who we follow. It's Jesus who we celebrate. It's Jesus who we worship. See, and and this is the thing. In the world today, the power, the power of God comes through Jesus Christ. He's the one, all right? The power is not in the ministry of you and I and the other saints, okay? And if you're Protestant, one of the things we believe, right, is that everybody who's a believer is a saint, and there are certain people that we mark as, okay, they're very special. They wrote the Bible or they did these other things, but we're all the saints, but the power is Jesus. The power we get is Jesus sends us the Holy Spirit. It's Christus victor. Jesus wins over evil. And the reason that Christmas and Easter are Christianized and Halloween is not is because they're about Jesus. They're because they're about the light entering the world. It's a really big deal. I'm going to take a call real quick. I've got uh, Caroline from Carson on line one. Caroline, thanks for calling the Southern California Live program. How you doing?
2: I'm fine, thank you. Um, first of all, I love the new for, uh, format. I have the guest hosts all been outstanding. Of course, I love me some spring some Tag me for that, Frank. Yeah, I'm well, calling because, you. first of all, like you, wife, I'm a coupon queen. All and, right. And I want to yes, you can return Halloween candy. You can um, now. Because, uh, yes, I always, once I became an adult, I've always made sure I, I did celebrate uh, uh, Halloween. I'll tell you why. But, well, because children can comes only holiday you get to really have children say okay here's the world some uh, they're good people and so but anyway and I enjoyed it as a child because unlike your parents so we did do Halloween but we were not allowed to do dances so I guess all of us (laughs) have some Things were not to do, so I enjoyed it the child. I remember my dad taking us to uh, out and to the really you know nice homes and, and as well all homes and and so I'm kind of in an upscale neighborhood. So I make sure I I do do that. In fact, oh I just got a witness yesterday. I only had uh, two, uh, 10 children, two in two groups, and the last two were two girls that were in the system in foster care. And and uh, bulk the them say, Oh, can we live here? You know, they're they're noticing things. They know, oh well that's antique, you know, They we think they don't notice a lot of things or appreciate older things but they do. But these two girls, so I gave them my card, you know, to uh let me, you know, if I can uh if you you know, need to maybe minister to them again in the future. In fact once she went on sharing me that she was pregnant, she was fifteen, but You know, so I'm saying there is a ministry because how else do you, the the outside world can come to you on this holiday? And like they said, we have the holidays first, you know. Anyway.
1: Right. All right. I appreciate that very much. You had something to say about uh, the Halloween candy, and I can return it?
2: Yeah. Why you can do so to the grocery store? Oh, yeah, because back in the day, I would have like 100 kids, one time, 150. Okay, because my sister always told me to count stuff. She's a numbers person. (laughs) So one year I said, Oh, I got all this candy, and and it's just me now because all my family passed away. And sure, they take it back, no problem, but I do keep receipts, you see, because the stores can liquidate it. But yeah, they do. I don't know about a non grocery store, like a non grocery store, -grocery
1: store. what if my nine-year What if my nine-year-old son has opened every single bag and oh, taken one oh, or two out and oh, hid them in oh. his room? Oh,
2: oh, Okay, so that's the thing. I would only open them as I needed to get to a new bag.
1: Yeah, somehow, somehow, tray. I think I've yeah. got them already already oh, open. No. Oh,
2: I'm so sorry. Yeah, only if they're unopened.
1: And I, I do have a lot of candy, but I'm mostly joking around. Hey, yeah. uh, Caroline, okay. thank you for your call, and I appreciate that. And I, you know, Caroline makes an interesting point too, as she talked about people coming to her door. There's there's debates. You might have had them debates about whether or not. As a church, we should celebrate Halloween or participate in Halloween. You know, sometimes we hide it. One time we had, uh, I was running a young adult ministry, and we had what we called a harvest party. It was on October 31st. It was a costume party, and uh, we had bobbing for apples. We had a jack-o'-lantern carving uh, contest, and uh, we had a fog machine and tombstones and dead people in the trees, and we had uh, all the stuff going on, but we called it a harvest party. And uh, I thought that was, you know, is, is God... Would God rather us just be truthful and call it a Halloween party or just, I don't know. But here's one of the things that I think is interesting. And she started to make this point and something that if you look at this kind of holiday through the lens of the people in your neighborhood who you are called to be an ambassador for Christ, when else do you get to know your neighbors? When, I mean, honestly, we live in a culture where we don't get to know our people and the people that live next door. Like we know things about them. I know when the people next door are uh, are are partaking in uh, in certain activities because the smoke comes over my fence and I have to close the windows to my house, and so I kind of know what they're up to over there. And uh, they know when uh, my kids are acting up uh, because my kids will shout at each other and then we have to come in and break it up. Uh, you know your neighbors, but you don't know your neighbors. One of the things that actually happens, at least it does in my neighborhood and probably does in yours, is it gets you outside. And you get to go up and down the street and say hi to the people that you interact with on a regular basis. And the thing is about the church, and the subject for this hour actually is what are the things that we need to reform in the church, with Reformation being there and today being an old holiday that didn't take hold, All Saints Day. If you really want to get obscure, tomorrow is All Souls Day, What is the modern Reformation? What does the church need to reform about itself today? I want to hear your ideas for that. What do we need to reform? If you were Martin Luther today, what would your statements be? 888-52-TALKS is our phone number, 888-528-2557. So back to Halloween for a minute. If you realize something, that you are an ambassador of Christ, and the church is not the building where you go to church. The church is you. Did you know that? The church is wherever you're at, and the people who you are with right now, they're at church because they're with you. I don't know if you look at it that way, but when you go outside on Halloween or when people come to your door, they knock on the door, and they're asking for candy, and they're saying trick-or-treat or or whatever, uh, they're at church when they're with you in a manner of speaking, and you have an opportunity to get to know them. Caroline just called, and she understood the kids who were there. She knew what kids were being fostered, what kids were adopted. You get to learn all kinds of things about what's going on in your community, even just briefly. Uh, there's a guy in my street who uh, he open he has this open bar. I talked about this in my sermon yesterday. It was kind of funny. So he opens up he opens up a bar. Like he's got candy and games for kids. It's like a great house to go to for you know adults and the kids. Kids are doing their thing. He had a bounce house. He had all this stuff and lots of candy and toys for them. It was More like Christmas. But then on the sly, he's giving drinks to the parents. And I mean, all kinds of stuff. So much, I think he probably needs a license. Anyway, I said that in the sermon yesterday. And somebody said, what street do you live on? Anyway, but I get to know him. I kind of know what he's interested in. We get to have a conversation. I didn't have a drink with him, but uh, we had a really good time just getting to know each other. There's an opportunity. And when we look at the world through the lens of the people that God has placed around us, and we realize that we're ambassadors of Christ, we can take something like Halloween and use it for mission you really can. I want to hear from you in this hour what it is the church can do in a new reformation. What do we need to do better as a church? Not your church necessarily, but the church. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'll be back in just a minute. Stay tuned. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, your guest host for this week on Southern California Live. It's great to be with you today. I hope that you're having a fantastic day wherever you might be. And in this hour, I'm proposing this question, thinking about yesterday, and we've talked some about Halloween, but it was also Reformation Day. Maybe in your tradition, if you're Lutheran especially, you probably talked about it for sure. Some other Protestant denominations and, and some other Protestant denominations you might not even know Uh, So maybe you're going to learn some new things here. And uh, whether you're a Protestant or a Catholic, or maybe you're not even a believer, and you're kind of observing some different things going on in the church, because so many things are public today. You know, there there are so many things that I think the church would handle internally, or in some bad cases, cover up internally. Uh, Those things get exposed today and so lots of people who've never been to church at least have some flavor sometimes of uh, even church controversies that aren't necessarily about sin or something bad, but just things that churches struggle as organizations to come to terms with. People know, and wherever you're, whatever your background is, I'd love to hear from you. If we're in a new Reformation or about to have a new one, what would be one of your 95 theses? What would you say to the church? Hey, church, uh, get your act together on this. Uh, what would it be? What is your, what's your scripture for that? Uh, what would it be? And so you can give me a call and let me know what you think. Eight 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 fifty two talks is the number. 888-528-2557. 528 2557 And, uh, let me take a call here. This is Sal from Glendale. Sal, thanks for calling. Welcome to the Southern California live program.
3: Hi, how you doing?
1: I'm doing fine, Sal. How are you?
3: Good. Um, look, I've been trying to find a church that uh, that keeps the Rio, you know, keeps keeps you know, things the supposed to, the way it's supposed to do. It. Everyone's trying to make an excuse uh, 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 just to get involved with the world. I mean, we, you know, we are supposed to not be involved with the world. We're supposed to be doing what Christ asked us to do. And, and one of the things they ask us to do, do not do the things of the world. And, and, and everyone just using excuses to be part of the world. And, 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 and people, people know who we are or what Christians are because Christians live by example. They do the things of Christ, and people are watching that. But to, to tell our children be part of the world because that, you know, that, that might influence them to come to us, well, it could be the other way around, too. It might influence the kids to turn the other way. Uh-huh. So we need to be careful and not start using excuses to be part of the world. We're not so, supposed to be part of the world. And Halloween, is not a Christian thing? So we're not supposed to be part of it regardless. Because you're, you're exploring your kids to things, and then what's going to be next? It's okay to smoke drugs, to smoke weed, because it's, you know that's how you're going to get to know your friends. If you smoke weed, go ahead and smoke weed, because that's how you're going to get to know them, and you can talk to them about God. If, if you're hanging out with druggies, that's okay because I think that, you know you to have a chance to talk to them about God. No, we're using a lot of excuses, a lot
1: of excuses. Well, Sal, I appreciate uh, your comments here. And you're talking about uh, you know Halloween and whether or not maybe kids should be uh, or Christian parents shouldn't you know involve their kids in that kind of stuff. Where do you draw the line, though? I mean, certainly we're called. Not to be of the world, but we are certainly called to be in the world, right? Jesus was in the world. I mean, would would Jesus it's a funny question, would Jesus go trick or treating? Are you still there with me? I mean where where do you draw the line? Like where do you and I and I understand your point. I think it's a good point that you make that maybe we're getting involved in things and it would it would bring people into the church, but maybe we're exposing kids to something that's gonna take them out of the church, right? So where do you draw that line?
3: Why are a lot of kids leaving the church for the same reason the the, the the media and everyone was telling that it's okay to be this, it's okay to be that? Now the church is telling them it's okay to do this and it's okay to do that. So you got to lose a lot of kids to the world if you continue in that pa- pattern. I mean, you know, the, society, the, uh... the media is already taking, it's already leading our, our children to go the wrong way because they're telling them it's okay to be part of it. Because you have to be part of the world, and you have to show them who you are.
1: So in our conversation, we're talking about we're talking about today how, what kind of reforms you would do. What do we do then to help kids? Because they're going to be part of the world. They're going to go to class, and they're going to see their friends dressed up. They're probably going to do Halloween. They're going to do other stuff. And you're right about kids leaving the church. The number is something like 75% of high schoolers when they go to college will leave the church at least for a time. Uh, that's the statistic. And that's church kids, right? Kids who grew up in the church uh, bail on it 15 minutes later after they get out of uh, the house. So what does the church need to change to change that?
3: The church has to be more honest. The church has just started making up, started, uh, just going along with things like Santa Claus. You don't tell the kids that Santa Claus exists, and if you do, you're wrong as a church, Santa Claus and says, You need to stop being more honest.
1: So the church needs to be more realistic about those kinds of things. Do you think it it uh what are some other things? Like and this is regular teaching. So we're talking about, okay, Santa Claus comes you know, around once a year. Do you you feel like that's hindering kids from understanding the truth about Jesus? Sal? I might have lost you there, Sal. Uh, Hey, Sal, thank you for your call. Um, You know, uh, Sal makes a point. I know a lot of you feel this way. We're, you know, getting involved with uh, the secular part of holidays, even though at the top of the hour we talked about how Christmas and Easter have become, they're definitely Christian holidays. You can't get away from it. But at the same time, there's definitely a secular uh, part of both of those holidays. You know, and the point I'm really making is you can't really take Christ out, but you can sure add the a lot of secular pressures. You're listening to Southern California Live. This is Pastor Scott Furrow, your guest host for today. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And I'm asking the question this hour, how can the church, if you were going to have a reformation today, what would you do to reform the church? So one of Sal's points is that we're we're not honest, maybe when we tell the little other secular stories about these these holidays and things like that. How straightforward are we when it comes to really even teaching our kids about who Jesus is, especially when they get older? I mean, it's harder when they're, you know, little kids, but, you know, when we get into the high school age and people are really formulating their thoughts, they're moving away, you know, from their parents as far as, you know, in their, they're questioning their parents, and sometimes they got good reasons, sometimes they don't. Maybe this is an area where we need to look at, if the number is correct, that 75% of kids who grow up in the church leave the church once they, go, once they get past 18. Uh, some of them come back. I, uh, I started in ministry with a young adult ministry, and it was a fantastic ministry, lots of people, 24, 25 years old, and they come back to the church so often at that age, uh, but they do come back wounded. They come back with scars, and they come back with a lot of stuff Uh, because they went out and tried a bunch of stuff that turned out was not real good for them. But they come back, and they commit their lives to Christ, and uh, they experience His grace and forgiveness and rebuilding. It's a really, really good thing. How would you reform the church? The first reformers, one of the things that they did was they got the church back to Scripture, and I think that's still a piece of what we need to do to reform. I had an opportunity years ago, about five years ago, I got to go to Washington D.C. and I was in the uh, the uh, Library of Congress. And uh, if you ever go to a uh, museum with me, uh, expect to stay all day because I read every tag. I'm one of those people. I just read it all. And uh, you know, we're planning a trip maybe to Washington D.C. and we're planning two trips: the the Scott trip where I will just be lost in the building for a while. And then everyone else can go have fun in the pool or something after an hour. I got to see the Gutenberg Bible. It was in there. It was fantastic. And, you know, one of the things about that is it changed the world because it allowed the, the invention of the printing press suddenly allowed regular people, people like you and me, to read their Bible. And what the Reformers found, what Martin Luther found is, hey, what the church is teaching is not what the Bible has to say. And that was a big part of the Reformation um what does the bible have to say and martin luther he was influenced because the church was raising money and selling uh they were selling something called indulgences to raise money for uh for the church and the indulgence what that would do is it would you pay money to the church and you would get your relative your dead relative out of purgatory uh that was the whole idea there was uh even a slogan uh for that kind of thing it was as soon as the coin in the coffer rings the soul from purgatory springs you know johann tetzel that was his name there's always a always a marketing Uh, person there. All right, I got a couple of minutes. Let me take a uh, call. Actually, you know what? I'm going to come back for that call after the break, because we're going to take a break here in just a minute. So uh, if you want to call and join our conversation, we're talking about what the church needs to do to reform, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And in the first Reformation, we had these objections, and we went back to Scripture. All right, And it was scripture alone, sola scriptura was the idea. The Bible is the only inspired and authoritative word of God and is the only source for Christian doctrine and is now accessible to all because of the printing press. That was a really great thing. And there are, of course, other solas there. Grace alone, we come to Christ by grace alone, through Christ alone, and we do everything through the glory of God. Faith, grace. Uh, Christ, and for the glory of God. These are the foundational teachings of a most Protestant Christianity, although some denominations and groups have strayed here and there. What would be the things today? We need to go back to those, but in a new Reformation, what would we do? Eight 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 fifty two talks 888 is the number. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. It's great to be with you today. We are discussing uh, the new Reformation. What would it be if you were going to reform the church today? If you were the new Martin Luther, what would you do? The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And uh, we've had a lot of conversation just kind of about Halloween. So I'm, you know, trying to guide that a little bit into our discussion here. So I'll give you a, a an answer in a minute. Maybe one of the things I think we ought to do. Uh, let's go with Hardin from Westminster. Harden, welcome to the Southern California live. Thank you for holding uh, for so long there.
4: Good Hardin. afternoon, Scott. How are you? Good afternoon, Scott. I find, thank you, sir. I want to piggyback on, a, on the gentleman that uh, was on earlier regarding should we have our kids involved in Halloween? And I want to think. I don't think it would be a good practice for uh, our children to to be involved in the Halloween, system. I mean, we have to we have to know that first of all, the origin of hard of Halloween it's a it's a pagan holiday. Yeah. Then the question was asked. Then the pagan was asked, uh, should would would Jesus get involved with with Halloween? And the answer is, I, I believe, would be no. Uh, that uh, the only thing that Jesus would be involved in, uh, if he, he would be the feast, uh, but even even then, he, in, in terms of the Jewish holidays, possibly, you know. But but in terms, and I'm sure uh, doing. that... You don't think
1: century, Jesus would be you know, involved like, in like uh, Halloween or like Fourth of July or Veterans Day? Would he go to those barbecues, be a part of that, those things? Well,
4: well, well, well. the origin, okay, <laughs> the origin <laughs> of Halloween would be different than July the Fourth.
1: Well, that is true. I mean, that is that true. Is,
4: you know, uh, there are I some
1: mean, people I mean, today who are trying to say otherwise, but they would be wrong.
4: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you have to, yes, the bottom line, you have to, there, ha, there has to be a difference between clean and unclean, what the world, uh, getting involved in the world. And, and you're exactly right. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Uh, in terms of the practices uh, of uh, the, the origins of, of uh, pagan, pagan holidays. Now, I want to emphasize that, pagan holidays um july 4th independence day it's not a I, I don't believe it's a pagan holiday i believe that's a national holiday i believe jesus would be involved with sure. that be involved with that you know, well, the uh, at the at the
1: hey, hey, and, hey harden at the beginning of the show we talked about how christmas and easter used to be pagan holidays but we christianized them now there's still obviously a very pagan element to both of those holidays okay um, but they are definitely Christian holidays, you know, in the, in the real sense today, even though the, the dates, uh, and the original ideas came from pagan thought, uh, we Christianized it. We said, well, winter solstice, you know, is light coming in the world and you're worshiping the sun or whatever, but actually light came into the world on when Jesus came into the world, right? So we Christianized the, the thinking and the feasts and the gift giving and all of those kinds of things. Uh, and we also said that Halloween didn't work with Halloween. The church tried, and it didn't work. It's thoroughly secular today. So it worries you that uh, we're getting involved with those kinds of things.
4: The, you, the, the whole focus and point that by Jesus came is to bring to colonize the earth, to bring, a, to bring heaven down to, to earth, to colonize the earth, and bring, uh, you know, as we say, as it is in heaven, that, you know, uh, uh, on earth. You know, that's the purpose why Jesus came, to, to, uh, to bring him. And if, if we're going to get involved in any activity, that should be the motive or the focus, you know, in terms of uh, our, our actions and our deeds of getting involved in any holiday or any, you know, or any event for that. Because we're going to have to give an account, you know, the, the bottom line is that we're going to have to give an account to everything that, we, that, that we're involved in and that we do in terms of our deeds and in terms of our actions as a believer. As right. a believer, a born again believer in Christ, we're going to have to give an account. And if our motive, you know, if our motive is just to dress up, you know, and 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 to be like the other kids, well, that's not being a witness, you know. Uh, uh, that's not that's not, and that's not instructing our kids or showing mm-hmm. our kids how we can be a witness. Now, there are other activities that we can get involved with for the children on that date, you know, or any day, you know, so that they don't so
1: so that. If, so a lot of it has it to do with our around, our becomes... our motive for getting involved and in what our our mission is. And when when That's you say when you correct. say you know colonize, I want to be careful with you know what people might think about that because you know Jesus came to save souls, right? He came that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. And uh, right, in a way, what we're doing here on Earth is trying to bring heaven to Earth. But Scriptures say that uh, one day He's going to come back and take care of everything from a standpoint of of justice and dealing and, with and, sin and all of yeah, that.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yes, but, you know, but I want to be careful about the here, colonizing
1: and, thing because you know, at one day, you know, the scriptures seem to indicate that one day, you know, there's going to be a pretty wide rejection of who Jesus is, and He's going to deal with that at the end, and eventually every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. But yeah, uh, there's yeah, a lot yeah, coming and, before it, and,
4: and doing and doing, you know, in terms of eschatology, you know, during the during the millennial period. You know that's when you know when when Jesus comes back to set up His kingdom. I yes, see. That's basically you know the, we're going to see the reality,
1: the idea, of the there.
4: colonization, and the colonization of the purpose of why what the purpose of why God created man and what His purpose is for the for man over having dominion over the earth and in okay. the earth. Okay.
1: All right. I see where you're coming from, uh, Harden. Thank you for your call. I appreciate that very much. And, uh, you know, one of the things that is interesting, I think what a lot of the concern is about Halloween is we are concerned about the occult and things like that. Something I would point out is that actually right now in the United States, uh, occult practices and witches' covens and things like that have been growing dramatically. Uh, It's actually very shocking when you start to read how common uh, this is becoming occult practices and things like that, and actually it has almost nothing to do with Halloween. If you ask those people they, they, they don 't even like to get into Halloween. There was an article about that that uh, I read uh, just this past weekend and it said New York is the number one place where you 'll find uh, this kind of activity, but second is los angeles and and a third is San Francisco, and then the most of the uh, top ten or twenty are in the surrounding areas of Los Angeles and San Francisco. So around us, something we should be aware is it's not just Halloween, it's, it's different times of year, especially the solstices, stuff's happening. Uh, San Diego, if you're listening, you were 36th down on that list, so, uh, you know, uh, hang in there. Uh, but it's coming, it's a, it's a year-round thing. And if you're looking for evil in Halloween, you know, one of the ways I think we should try to find it is not in the ancient pag- pagan practices, I think we should look at it uh, and find it in the sexualization of the Halloween costumes. I don't know if you've noticed that or if you ever go to a Halloween store or the way some people are are dressed out there, but it's changed and it hasn't changed in in a good way. And the sexualization of our kids is uh, very out in the open. It is demonic. It's evil, and I think we should focus on on those kinds of things if we're concerned about Halloween and some some secular things. We talked earlier in the in the hour about some ways you can use Halloween uh, as as a missional thing. So I won't repeat. All of that. You can get the podcast of this, uh, this program on kkla.com, kkla.com. Just look up Southern California Live or the LA Live link, and you can find that podcast. Uh, I want to finish up just with this notion here. The first Reformation was really about what the church believes. And uh, we still have some struggles with those kinds of things, right? But I think, I think that the new Reformation that we need, and actually, I think the new Reformation that is actually happening, is about what the church does. And there will always be difficulty with holding on to what we believe. That's why every time Jesus is asked about the end times and if you read Revelation and the letters to the churches, so much of it has to do with watch out for false beliefs. Okay, so the beliefs matter, but it's also the very next thing is watch out for bad ideas of what Christians should do. What is it that Christians should do in the world? I think that's what's changing in the church. We have a calling, our calling, is the greatest endeavor ever given to human beings in all of history. It's to make disciples of Jesus Christ. This is what the church is to do. And in all the things that we should be doing, um, whether it is and we're obviously the religion that is true, is taking care of the orphans and widows and not being polluted by the world, and we need to pay attention to that. And in that process of doing, we're making disciples of Jesus. Who did Jesus care about? Where was he at? Who was he visiting? And one of the struggles for the church today is sometimes we're not making disciples of Jesus. We're making disciples of a version of Jesus that fits our politics or a version of Jesus that fits our pastor or our tradition or our denomination. And my friends, listen to me. If I were to get really crazy you know, on this, this show with stuff, it is this. We I've got to stop discipling people in conservatism or progressivism or Trumpism, whatever that is, or wokeism, whatever that is. There's a lot of isms that the world is finding in the church. And all of those things have some basis somewhere for doing right. If you're a Christian, you're kind of pushing one thing or another. You probably have some notion in your faith about why. But we need to make disciples of Jesus Christ, who actually isn't any of those things. We have to make disciples of Jesus Christ because people's salvation, people's eternal destiny is at stake. This is how you've got to view each other, the people you work with, your next-door neighbors, the people in your family, your enemies, your, the people who you love, the people who you don't like, the people who don't like you. You've got to view them as Jesus does, and he views them as souls that are going to live forever somewhere and either in the presence of God where there will be no death, no sadness, no tears, or they're going to live away from him or it'll be terrible. This is our mission to make disciples of Jesus and to help people grow in their faith so that the glory of God is seen through the actions of the church, which is the body of Christ on this earth. When you think about this question, you know, ask yourself this, am I making disciples of Jesus or am I making disciples of me? We need to make disciples of Jesus and point to him for our salvation, the grace that we've been given, and the love that Jesus has shown each one of us. That, I think, is the new Reformation. I think that's where Jesus is leading his church today. I think, actually, revival could very well be on its way because I think Jesus is stirring that up. We're out of time for this hour. This is the Southern California Live program. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, guest hosting today. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Stay tuned.